This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Off screen today are my two favorite people to record with, one who is already cracking up. <laughs> I'm already losing it. I just pressed record. Jill okay. and Emma are here with me today. We are, of course, getting together to talk about the books we are most excited for coming out in July. Remember- <laughs> June! Oh my God, two months in a row! <laughs> <laughs> no! Off to a great start, all of us. So today we are talking about the books coming out in June that we are most excited to be reading. But before we dive into that, remember, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And of course, if you want to contact us, give us a suggestion for a future episode, you can send us an email. Our email address is professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, let's dive in. Who's going first? Who's got their first book? I figured we're just going to get the big one out of the way that we've all been talking about. And yes. Uh Yeah. So that would be, wait for it, kids. James Patterson by James Patterson. Yay! (laughs) I love it so much, though, actually. James Patterson by James Patterson by James Patterson featuring... I think he does the audio book, too. James Patterson. (gasps) I'm impressed. I I think I saw that he does the audio book. I could be wrong, so if someone wants to double check, but I'm I'm pretty sure when I was looking for it, he does the audio book. How does he have the time? Well... He's got other people to write. Joe said it. No, no, it's fine. It's true. We've had James Patterson on the podcast, and I'm pretty sure he was like very open about that fact that I have mad respect for him because I also remember the days where he did write all of his own books. He did. And if if his retirement is giving other authors a jump start, I respect it. If that's how he's operating, totally cool with it. And I will say. In addition to that, yes, like, you know, a guy, you have earned that. But also, he not only is open about the fact that he does use other people and, like, outsources, he gives them credit on the book. He doesn't, like, hide behind ghostwriters. And it's abundantly clear who wrote with him, who had majority of the writing, like, their names are, well, no names are going to be as big as his on the book, but they are are not, like, shoehorned in anywhere. It's very clear. Correct. Someone else is on it. Yeah. Now, okay. So I'm going to say this. I, like I went through a James Patterson phase years ago um, and then stopped. I might have to read this book just because the things, I'm just going to read the description of like a bullet point list of, of things that are talked about in the book. On the morning he was born, he nearly died. He worked at a mental hospital in Massachusetts where he met the singer James Taylor and the poet Robert Lowell. 
while he toiled in advertising hell, James wrote the ad jingle line, I'm a Toys R Us kid. What? I mean, that took what? me out. <laughs> that, 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 and Dolly Parton wants happy birthday to James over the phone. She calls him J for Jimmy James. And I think they didn't they write a book together very recently. They did, like, yes, they did. in the last six, eight months. So now I, I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, you know what? I, like his books, his books are easy to read. They're like, you know, I may have to read James Patterson by he's, James Patterson. I mean, he's popular for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I, yeah. I have zero shade for James Patterson. I think he yeah. is immensely talented. His books are super enjoyable, super readable. Uh, and I, I did want to confirm he is the narrator on the audiobook for James Patterson by James Patterson. Um but also, like, he came up with the most iconic jingle of all time. Right? I can't get over that. That was him. And he's friends with Dolly. <laughs> and he's friends with Dolly. I, yeah, I'm intrigued about this because I know, you know, especially in libraries, he's an easy point of reference. You're like, well, who do you like? Do you like James Patterson? Do you like this? Like, he's, I, he comes up constantly mm-hmm. as a sort of way to gauge you know, if you're doing reader's advisory or what other books can we point you into the direction of? Um, but I do think like he's, he is where he is for a reason. And I am so intrigued to learn more about him that even the description of this book, I was like, Oh, huh. There's so much cool stuff that he's done that you just, I would, I absolutely would have had no idea. So I'm, I'm actually very, very intrigued by this book as much as we maybe were like, Duh, let's get this one out of the way. James <laughs> Patterson. I know. Um, because his books need no publicity. Like they right. really don't, but correct. I want to check this out. Super excited to read this one. And I think it might turn into like, uh-oh, I gotta gotta read some James Patterson now. I mean, they're not too bad. I read some of the 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 number ones. Um mm-hmm. so they're not they're not too bad. Maximum Ride had a hold on me in my teens. Oh, yeah. I, I <laughs> No, I think my dad, my dad likes James Patterson. And I think he accidentally checked out with the Maximum Ride. Were those the YA ones? Yes. Yeah. I think he accidentally checked one of those out when he was like on a James Patterson kick, not realizing it was young adult. And I had to be like, yeah, dad, that's for teenagers. <laughs> yeah. And that was his first foray into like the YA realm. And I know now he's since written like juvenile titles and middle grade titles or with others has done that. But like yeah. this, this was pre him co-writing. So it was, yeah. it was super cool to see. My first pick is not related to James Patterson in the slightest and is also not a shock to anyone that's listened to me on any episode ever. But this month, my picks are my picks. So (laughs) there's not a ton of diversity here because uh, these are just ones I'm genuinely very excited to read in June. So the first one is Wicked Beauty by Katie Robert. It comes out June 7th. This is the third book of her Dark Olympus series because she is cranking these books out, which I am quite pleased with because I don't have to wait very long in between reading them. Uh, This one follows... Helen of Troy, Achilles, and Patroclus. And basically when a coveted position of the 13, uh, the rulers of Olympus opens up, they have a competition 
to become the next Aries. So we find uh, Achilles and his lover Patroclus enter the competition to try and gain the game, the system and get Achilles, the power position that he's always been dying to have. Um, but when Zeus decides to offer up his sister, Helen as a prize, um, in this whole sort of scheming political system, she basically says F this and enters the competition herself so that she can vie for this power position on her own, independent of Zeus. She ends up rooming near Achilles and Patroclus during the competition and tensions build, insults are abound. Um, But when Helen's life is threatened, these men offer to protect her and the rest is pretty much history from there. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of erotic scenes. Uh, So fair warning that this book is very, very spicy. Um, What will happen when this trio... Uh, eventually finds a winner in this competition and will they be able to overcome that um, as a group? So I'm really intrigued. This is a scorchingly hot modern retelling uh, again of Helen of Troy, Achilles and Patroclus. Um, So I'm very excited for this book out June 7th. Good old Katie Roberts. She's just, she cranking them out. This is the second, this is the second book I've heard you recommend this year from this series. Yeah. Electric Idol did not come out very long ago, like February. February, I think. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, this next book is already, already out like again in a, a few weeks. So I'm, and we, I know we've discussed this, that there's like 10 books planned. So I'm sure we'll continue to see, uh, this series, I will probably still keep recommending it because it's just good. It's spicy. It's interesting to me. That's like a nice palate cleanse <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, when I'm looking for a book. And it's also, in my opinion, a great, a great, nice read for summer. You know, yeah, I like absolutely. what I like. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. We, we love you because you love what you love. You're just out here reading. Smut. <laughs> Smut. Thank you. Fill in the blank. Yep. <laughs> So my first book, uh, I guess I'll, I'll take a big step back. June is Pride Month. And so my titles this month, all except for my first one, are specifically surrounding the queer community um, or are by LGBT authors. Uh, so keep that in mind that I will have a lot of great queer reads coming up. But this first one, uh, I couldn't pass on, you know, hot new mystery thriller. This is called Local Gone Missing by Fiona Barton, out June 14th. So Detective Elsie King investigates a man's disappearance in a seaside town where the locals and weekenders are at odds with each other in this suspenseful new novel from the number one bestselling author of The Widow. So Elsie King is a successful and ambitious detective, or she was, before medical leave left her unsure if she'd ever return to work. She now spends most of her days watching the growing tensions in her small seaside town of Ebbing, the weekenders renovating old bungalows into luxury homes, and the locals resentful of the changes. Elsie can only guess what really happens behind closed doors, but Dee Eastwood, her house cleaner, often actually knows. She's an invisible presence in many of the houses in town, but she sees and hears everything. Conflicts boil over when a newcomer wants to put the town on the map with a giant music festival and two teenagers overdose. 
When a man disappears the first night of the festival, Elsie is drawn back into her detective work and starts digging for answers. Ebbing is a small town, but it's full of secrets and hidden connections that run deeper and darker than Elsie could have ever imagined. And that is Local Gone Missing by Fiona Barton, out June 14th. I like Fiona Barton's books. Mm-hmm. They're super fun, super readable. It's perfect, like, summer reading time, especially being in, you know, seaside town. Couldn't couldn't pass it up. Agreed. Uh, my next one is The Woman in the Library by Sulari Gentile. This is out June 7th. So this is about Hannah. She's a best-selling Australian crime author, and she's crafting a new novel that begins in the Boston Public Library. Four strangers, Winifred Kane, Marigold, and Wit, are sitting at the same table when a blood-curdling screen breaks the silence. A woman has been murdered. They are all suspects, and as it turns out, each character has their own secrets and motivations, and one of them is a murderer. While crafting this new thriller, Hannah shares each chapter with her biggest fan and aspirational novelist, Leo. But Leo seems to know a lot about violence motive and how exactly to kill someone. Perhaps he is not all that he seems. I mean, we like a book within a book, so I'm all about this. And if anyone is going to recommend a book that has a book within a book, it's you, Jill. <laughs> I mean, that's probably fair. I feel like Emma probably would, too. Oh, we all would, but I feel like you're the one who's usually doing it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's yes. fair. I love a book within a book, but... Book within a book. Book Bookception. With murder. Yes, bookception with murder. So, that's the woman in the library. I love it. My next pick is also one of intrigue, The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. This is out June 21st. I was fortunate enough to read an early copy of this. And let me tell you, I have not read a book that quickly in a long time. I could absolutely not put it down. It's everything I want in a summer thriller. So this has the tagline, be careful what you watch for. It's a very rear window inspired. So this follows Casey Fletcher. She's a recently widowed actress uh, trying to escape the paparazzi and a ton of bad press. Her mom, also a famous actress, pretty much says you need to go to rehab or you need to go to the family lake house and sort yourself out uh, away from the press. And so she goes to her family's lake house in Vermont with a pair of binoculars and lots of bourbon. She ends up passing the time sitting on her porch, watching the giant, modern, gorgeous glass metal house across the lake from her. And the people that live in that house are Tom and Catherine Royce. He is like a tech CEO um, who's a little bit older than Catherine. Catherine is a former model and she's absolutely stunning. And so one day on the lake, Casey is sitting on her porch and she kind of notices somebody in the middle of the lake. And she's like, am I, have I had too much bourbon? I don't, what's happening. And she ends up saving Catherine from drowning. So the two kind of strike up a friendship based on this scary, crazy trauma. And as they continue to get to know each other more and Casey watches the house, it becomes clear that like something is not right. Um, Suddenly Catherine vanishes and Tom is being really weird about it, saying that she went back to New York City. She's fine. But like things just are not adding up. 
So Casey really starts to suspect that there is foul play, something amiss. Uh, there were so many twists in this book. I don't think that's a spoiler. I, I like, I can't, I can't tell you. Like there was just, I, the whole time I was like, what, what? I did not see this coming. Um, so yeah, just so well done. If you want a thriller for summer, that's going to be a quick read. That's going to absolutely, absolutely keep you guessing until the very end. This is the book, The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. I um, haven't read thrillers in a while because I've been on a romance and fantasy kick. Um, and this book reminded me everything that I enjoy about a good thriller. And so even when you think, oh, I've read thrillers, I know where this is going. This book absolutely did not deliver what I thought it would. And that is a, a per- like, that's exactly what I wanted. Um, so yes highly recommend. It makes me feel stressed talking about it, remembering like the tension I felt reading this book. So if that's what you're into, highly, highly, highly recommend. I love Rear Window, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think anything that can be described that way off the jump, like that sounds like so much fun. So my next book is Greenland by David Santos Donaldson out June 7th. This is a debut novel. Um, Jill, I did it. I did it. It's a debut novel within a novel. Yeah, see, it's not just me. (laughs) See, I have to eat my own words. (laughs) So this is a dazzling debut novel within a novel. It's kind of similar to The Prophets and Memorial. And it's about a young author writing about the secret love affair between E.M. Foster and Mohammed El Adel, which uh, Mohammed's story collides with his own. And it's kind of like a beautiful blend of fact and fiction. So just some background in 1919, Mohammed El Adel, the young Egyptian lover of British author E.M. Foster, spent six months in a jail cell. A century later, Kip Starling has locked himself in his Brooklyn basement study with a pistol and 21 gallons of Poland Spring to write Mohammed's story. Kip has only three weeks until his publisher's deadline to immerse himself in the mind of Mohammed, who, like Kip, is Black, queer, and other. The similarities don't end there, though. Both of their lives have been deeply affected by their confrontations with whiteness, homophobia, their upper crust education, and their white romantic partners. As Kip immerses himself in his writing of Mohammed's story and then Mohammed himself, Mohammed begins to speak to him and his life becomes a Proustian portal into Kip's own memories and psyche. So Greenland kind of conjures these two distinct and overlapping worlds where the past is, you know, parallel to the present and the artist's journey is transforming them uh, just overall into kind of a quest for truth that rolls out and offers a world of possibility. So it's, it's just like super electric it's electrifying it's unforgettable and it kind of excavates the dream of white assimilation the foibles of interracial relationships and not only the legacy of a literary giant but of literature itself so that is greenland by david santos donaldson my next one is the lies i tell by julie clark it is out june 21st so you have to wait a little bit but so she's back meg Williams. Maggie Littleton, Melody Wild, different names for the same person, depending on the job, depending on the town. She's a con artist who erases herself to become whoever she needs to be, a college student, a life coach, a real estate agent, 
Nothing about her is real. She slides alongside you and tells you exactly what you need to hear. And by the time she's done, you've likely lost everything. Cat Roberts has been waiting 10 years for the woman who upended her life to return. And now that she has, Cat is determined to be the one to expose her. But as the two women grow closer, Cat's long-held assumptions begin to crumble, leaving Cat to wonder who Meg's true target is. So I loved Julie's um, previous book, The Last Flight. It was so good. I just like read it in a day. Um, very twisty in that way that I love. And so I'm super, super excited for her new one, The Lies I Tell. I love it. It sounds so good. I know. I'm all about, yeah, yeah, like con artist, but maybe the con artist has like secrets beyond just the con artist thing. And yeah, good stuff. We yeah. love a con. We, we do. <laughs> we do love a con. We love a good thriller. It's actually, there's so many thrillers, but it's actually quite hard to have a really good one. So I, I think it's that, um, because there's like been so many and people have read them. Like I was reading mm-hmm. sort of a bit of a, a diversion, but I was reading something interesting. It's been like 10 years since Gone Girl came out and I was reading something about sort of literature and domestic thrillers ever since Gone Girl in the years since. And I think people, especially if you read a lot of these, like I know Em and I do and others, um, you get used to a lot of things. And so it takes Mm -hmm. a lot to be able to surprise readers of these types of books. Um, But I know that like the last flight, Julie's previous book definitely did that for me. So I'm, I'm hoping this new one will too. That makes sense. I agree with that, that yeah, the more you read them, the more used to the kind of twists and style that you get, that it, it does become a lot more difficult to really I guess, impress or surprise readers. So credit to the thriller writers. It's tricky. Um, My next pick is Blade Breaker by Victoria Aviard. This is out June 28th. And this is a young adult pick. The, um, this is a sequel to her book that came out in 2021, Realm Breaker. It drops you right back into the action from the first book. So you might need to reread the first one uh, if you're going to pick up Blade Breaker, the second one. Uh, But it follows Corain, the main character from the last book. And the battle has been won, uh, but not the war. And so in the sequel, you drop right back into the action with this sort of ragtag band of people. You have Andri, Dom, Sorasa, Voltic, and Corian. It's very much in the style of J.R.R. Tolkien and Garth Nix. So if you are interested in what I would consider like a YA, a YA Lord of the Rings style, like quest battles this is definitely going to be up your street um and i as as an aside just really love uh following victoria aviard on social media as well and so i have to say that a huge part of why i love this series so much is also knowing some of the things that she um put into it the writing process and so on and so forth from her social media so anyways blade breaker Lord of the Rings, fantasy, quests, all the things you might be looking for in your summer read. This is going to be out um, June 28th. 
So my next book is by the star of the Peacock reboot of Queer as Folk and the Netflix series special, uh, Ryan O'Connell. So this is the novel Just By Looking at Him, uh, out June 7th. So this is a witty, uh, darkly witty and touching novel following a gay TV writer with cerebral palsy as he fights addiction and searches for acceptance in an overwhelmingly ableist world. Elliot appears to be living the dream of a successful TV writer with a doting boyfriend, but behind his Instagram filter of a life, he's grappling with an intensifying alcohol addiction, he can't seem to stop cheating on his boyfriend with various sex workers, and his cerebral palsy is making him feel like gay Shrek. After falling down a rabbit hole of sex, drinking, and Hollywood backstabbing, Elliot decides to make his way towards redemption, but facing your demons is easier said than done. It's candid, biting, and refreshingly real. Just by looking at him as an incisive commentary on gay life, a heart-centered, laugh-out-loud exploration of self, and a rare insight into the life as a person with disabilities. So this is Just By Looking at Him by Ryan O'Connell, out June 7th. So my next one is Horse by Geraldine Brooks. Um, so this is set in three different time periods. So first we have Kentucky 1850, an enslaved groom named Jarrett and a bay full forge, a bond of understanding that will carry the horse to record-setting victories across the South. When the nation erupts in civil war, an entering young artist who has made his name on paintings of the racehorse takes up arms for the Union. On a perilous night, he reunites with the stallion and his groom very far from the glamour of any racetrack. In New York City, 1954, Martha Jackson, a gallery owner celebrated for taking risks on edgy contemporary painters, becomes obsessed with a 19th century equestrian oil painting of mysterious provenance. And then in Washington, D.C., 2019, we have Jess, a Smithsonian scientist from Australia, and Theo, a Nigerian-American art historian, they find themselves unexpectedly connected through their shared interest in the horse, one studying the stallion's bones for clues to his power and endurance, and the other uncovering the lost history of the unsung Black horsemen who were critical to his racing success. So Geraldine Brooks, um, very well-known novelist, you know, she's won the Pulitzer Prize. And this is based on the true story of a thoroughbred named Lexington. Um, and I mean, I went to the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky. I worked at a library across from like horse things. And so like, I'm all horses, horses, right? Stables. You know, did you, did either of you watch the most recent Kentucky Derby? I was so mad I didn't like place a bet because like when we started watching it and I saw the horse with like 80 to one, I'm like, imagine if he wins and then he won. And I'm like, Why did I not place money on the horse that was like 90 to one or whatever, 88 to one? I was like, I should have bet money on that horse but absolutely i those are the kind of shenanigans i live for which is also why i don't gamble because i would only ever pick the worst option (laughs) i know this would be like the one time when betting on the worst option actually paid off the rest of the time going for the long odds does not work in your favor but congrats to all of those people as i said on twitter congrats to all of those people who had their gray sports almanac from back to the future too and knew that he was going to win and bet on him Congrats to all of you. I love that you just did a Back to the Future reference. That was the first thing I thought of. (laughs) So for my next pick, I have another YA fantasy 
because I do. It is This Wicked Fate by Kaylin Bayron. This book is out June 21st, and it is the conclusion um, to the duology that began with This Poison Heart. I haven't mentioned it yet, so I shall. The cover of this book is stunning. If you haven't seen it yet, look it up. It's so beautiful. Um, this Wicked Fate. So for this book, would you tempt even the most dangerous fate to save the ones you love? I love a crazy, difficult question to kick off the description of a book. So Brie Sace has one chance to save her mother, but she'll need to do the impossible. Find the last fragment of the deadly absurdus heart. We love a fantasy name. Uh, so to locate the missing piece, she must turn to the blood relatives that she's never known, learn about their secret powers and take her place in their ancient lineage. But Briseis is not the only one who wants the heart, of course, and her enemies will stop at nothing to fulfill their own ruthless plans. The fates tell of a truly dangerous journey, one that could end in more heartache and more death. Strengthened by the sisterhood of ancient magic, can Briseis harness her power to save the people she loves the most? So again, this is the epic conclusion to the duology, um, this Poison Heart series. Um, I cannot wait to see how this ends uh, on June 21st when it comes out. My next title is X by Davy Davis, out June 28th. It's a thrilling portrait of political terror and violent pleasures found in warehouses, bathrooms, and dungeons across New York City. Uh, so it's going to be a novel that will take you diving deep into the psyches of characters on the fringes. So the world is ending and down and out sadist Lee spends their days working for a big corporation and their nights wandering the streets of Brooklyn, listening to true crime podcasts. But everything changes when Lee is dragged into a warehouse party by their best friend, where they find themselves in the clutches of the seductive and bloodthirsty ex. When Lee seeks her out again, she's nowhere to be found. Amid the steady constriction of civil rights and the purging of migrants and refugees in the U.S., government uh, has recently begun encouraging the semi-voluntary exporting of undesirable citizens, the radicalized, the dissident, and the ungovernable. Word has it that X may be among those leaving. If Lee doesn't track her down soon, she may be gone forever. That is X by Davy Davis, out June 28th. Little dystopian, dystopian love story. <laughs> I mean... So my next one is Tracy Flick Can't Win by Tom Parada. So Tracy Flick, the iconic protagonist from Election, um, played by Reese Witherspoon in the movie, is back in a sequel. Tracy is now a hardworking assistant principal at a public high school in suburban New Jersey. Still ambitious, but feeling a little stuck and underappreciated in midlife, Tracy gets a jolt of good news when the longtime principal, Jack Weed, abruptly announces his retirement, creating a rare opportunity for Tracy to ascend to the top job, which sounds like a Tracy thing that she would want to be principal. So energized by the prospect of her long overdue promotion, Tracy throws herself into her work with renewed zeal, determined to prove her worth to the students, faculty, and school board while also managing her personal life, a 10-year-old daughter, a needy doctor boyfriend, and a burgeoning meditation practice. But nothing ever comes easily to Tracy Flick, no matter how diligent or qualified she happens to be. Among her many other responsibilities, Tracy is enlisted to serve on the selection committee 
for the brand new Green Meadow High School Hall of Fame. Her male colleague's determination to honor Vito Valdez, star quarterback of dubious character who had a brief but undistinguished career in the NFL, triggers bad memories for Tracy and leads her to troubling reflections about the trajectory of her own life and the forces that have left her feeling thwarted, disappointed, unable to fulfill her true potential. And as she broods on the past, Tracy becomes aware of storm clouds brewing in the pre uh, present. Is she really a shoo-in for the principal job? Is a superintendent plotting against her? Why is the school board president's wife trying so hard to be her friend? And why can't she ever get what she deserves? So if, again, Tom writes and Tom Parada writes in a very specific style, if you enjoyed election, Tracy is back and it is out. Uh, Tracy Flick can't win is out June 7th. Gotta love Tracy Flick. Super exciting, especially exciting that there isn't a long wait for this title to be out. <laughs> Correct. Correct. No shock here. My next pick is once again, a YA fantasy. There are a lot of YA series this summer that have new books in the series or they're the conclusion to some something, or we actually have a lot of really cool debuts. So I will make no excuses that this month seems to be prime time for all of these things to come out. But my next pick is The Blood Trader by Lynette Noni. This is out June 14th. And this is the last book in her Prison Healer trilogy. Um, so the epic conclusion that everyone has been waiting for. I know that uh, she said on social media that she can't wait for people to actually start reading this because of the way that it ends. She wants to hear how people um, are reacting to the end of the series for People that have not heard of the Prison Healer series um, or only read the first book, this without spoilers, I always find it's hard to not give spoilers because if you do read the descriptions of upcoming books, it's obviously going to spoil some of the stuff that happened previously. But anyways, um, this book picks up with Kiva, who this whole time in the series, she thought she knew what she wanted, which was revenge. But of course, as things go on, people change and feelings change. And by the conclusion of this series, everything has changed from where we started in the prison healer. So after what happened at the palace, Kiva is desperate to know if her friends and family are safe and whether those she wronged can ever forgive her. But with the kingdom close to the brink of war um, and Kiva is really far away from all the conflict, more is at stake than just her own broken heart. A fresh start will mean a perilous quest, forcing mortal enemies and uneasy allies together in a race in a race against the clock to save not just Avalon, but all of Wenderall. So with her loyalties now set, Kiva can no longer just survive. She must fight for what she believes in, for who she believes in, and with danger coming from all sides. I love it when literally everything is just falling apart and danger at every angle and you must overcome um, the lives of everyone she loves are at risk does kiva have what it takes to stand or will she fall i'm so excited to see how this series ends so that is the blood trader out june 14th that sounds like a really fun series to read like super compelling and just kind of drawing you through it um I am known to also be a sucker for a YA fantasy series, so I might have to start that one, Emma. <laughs> yes, I would highly <laughs> recommend. And I actually was introduced to Lynette uh, and her books, but as no surprise, uh, because she is friends with Sarah J. Moss. 
and they read each other's <laughs> stuff and they did, they did an author event together and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And now I'm like, great. Another wonderful author and series that I need to have and read. So I definitely recommend um, the prison healer series by Lynette Noni. She's Australian. So she's also a delight to follow on social media. Such a good problem to have always finding new great authors. <laughs> My next title is a YA title. It's a YA love story. It's a debut novel. That's the best way I could put it would be uh, Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda with a twist of magic. So let's let's look at The Loophole by Naz Kudub, and that is out June 21st. So Sai placed all his bets for happiness on his boyfriend Farouk, who then left him to try and fix the world. Now the timid 17-year-old Indian Muslim boy is stuck in a dead-end coffee shop job, and all he can do is wish for one more chance. Sai never expected, however, that his wish would be granted when a mysterious girl offers him three wishes in exchange for his help and proves she can at least grant one wish with an instant million-dollar deposit into his struggling bank account. With this deposit, a whole new world of possibility opens up. Is she magic or is she just rich? And can Sai find the courage to leave Los Angeles and cross the Atlantic Ocean to lands he'd never dreamed he could visit, all to track down his missing ex? With the help from his potentially otherworldly new friend, will Sai go all the way for one last desperate chance at rebuilding his life and refinding love? Your wish is granted with this debut novel that weaves an engrossing whirlwind of adventure with a journey to find love, home, and family. And that is The Loophole by Naz Kadab out the 21st. Love all those words in one description. So my next one is Ordinary Monsters by J.M. Muro. This is set in England, 1882. I have a lot of historical fiction, which is unusual for me, but let's go with it. So in Victorian London, you already got me there, two children with mysterious powers are hunted by a figure of darkness, a man made of smoke. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. 16-year-old Charlie Ovid, despite a brutal childhood in Mississippi, doesn't have a scar on him. His body heals itself. Whether, whether he wants it to or not, Marlowe, a foundling from a railway freight car, shines with a strange bluish light. He can melt or mend flesh. When Alice Quick, a jaded detective with her own troubled past, is recruited to escort them to safety, all three begin a journey into the nature of difference and belonging and the shadows of the monstrous. What follows is a story of wonder and betrayal from the gaslit streets of London and the wooden theaters of... Meiji era Tokyo to an eerie estate outside Edinburgh where others with gifts are forced to combat the forces that threaten their safety. There the world of the dead and the world of the living threaten to collide and as secrets within the institute unfurl all of them and the rest of the talents will discover the truth about their abilities and the nature of what is stalking them that their worst monsters sometimes come bearing the sweetest gifts. Hello okay monsters in Victorian England with children with special powers. I'm ready. I'm it in. sounds so good. <laughs> right? And You said kids with special powers and I said, okay. And Bloomsbury did like a, I saw an Instagram and it was so creepy and cool for this book that I immediately was like, yes, add to list. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it comes out uh, so you don't have to wait too long. And it is also the first in a series. I don't know how many <sighs> there are planned, but- there is 
it is the first of a series. We love to hear exciting new series about kids with powers. Uh, right? My, talk about say. my wheelhouse. Yeah. I know. We've got some good stuff happening here. My last pick is This Vicious Grace by Emily Feed. This is out June 28th. And this is the first book in a new series um, because I am the same. I will also mention this cover is beautiful and I love it. So look it up, This Vicious Grace. Um, so we have three weddings and three funerals. Um, Alessa's gift from the gods is supposed to magnify her partner's magic, not kill every single suitor that she touches. Um, now with only weeks left until a swarm of hungry demons devours everything on her island home, Alessa is running out of time to find a partner and stop the invasion. When a powerful priest convinces the faithful that killing Alessa is the island's only hope, her own soldiers even turn on her and try to assassinate her. So desperate to survive, she hires Dante, a cynical outcast marked as a killer, to become her personal bodyguard. But as rebellion explodes outside the gates, Dante's dark secrets may be the biggest betrayal. He holds the key to her survival and her heart, but is he the one person who can help her master her gift or destroy her once and for all? This is, again, a very exciting fantasy debut. I cannot wait for this book. There's also a lot of references to um, like Italian mythology, which I think is not something I've personally seen a lot of. So I'm very excited to check out This Vicious Grace by Emily Feed out June 28th. My next title is Hell Followed With Us by Andrew Joseph White. So this is out June 7th. we got a lot of great June 7th titles. You can build your list early and get all the way through the month of June. (laughs) So 16-year-old trans boy Benji is on the run from the cult that raised him, the fundamentalist sect that unleashed Armageddon and decimated the world's population. Desperately, he searches for a place where the cult leader can't get their hands on him, or more importantly, on the bioweapon they infected him with. But when cornered by monsters born from the destruction, Benji is rescued by a group of teens from the local HSN LGBTQ plus center, affectionately known as the ALC. The ALC's leader, Nick, is gorgeous, autistic, and and a deadly shot, and he knows Benji's darkest secret. The cult's bioweapon is mutating him into a monster deadly enough to wipe humanity from the earth once and for all. Still, Nick offers Benji shelter among his ragtag group of queer teens as long as Benji can control the monster and use its powers to defend the ALC. Eager to belong, Benji accepts Nick's terms until he discovers the ALC's mysterious leader has a hidden agenda and more than a few secrets of his own. So that's Hell Followed With Us by Andrew Joseph White out June 7th. Sounds good. Little apocalypse for you. I mean, you know... Sometimes that's what it feels like these days. So we'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. So my next one, (laughs) my next one is Night Crawling by Leela Motley. So this is Leela's debut. She's like 19 years old, um, which is like just good for her, man. Just whew. So Kira and her brother Marcus are scraping by in an East Oakland apartment complex, optimistically called the Regal High. Both have dropped out of high school, their family fractured by death and prison. But while Marcus clings to his dream of rap stardom, Kira hunts for work to pay the rent, which is more than doubled, and to keep the nine-year-old boy next door, abandoned by his mother, safe and fed. One night, 
What begins as a drunken misunderstanding with a stranger turns into the job Kira never imagined wanting, but now desperate need, desperately needs. Night crawling, essentially prostitution. Her world breaks open even further when her name surfaces in an investigation that exposes her as a key witness in a massive scandal within the Oakland Police Department. Rich with raw beauty, electrifying intensity, and piercing vulnerability, night crawling marks the stunning arrival of a voice unlike any we have heard before. And it's out June 7th. And from my understanding, from what I had read, this is based on a somewhat like taken from a black prostitute who was involved in a scandal within the Oakland Police Department. Um, and so Lila has taken that story. And again, she's she's like 19 years old. So love it. She's got Tommy Orange blurb in it. I mean, good stuff. Uh- it's so powerful. Yeah. And and even the the cover is like super evocative and just beautiful. It is. Yes, because it took me a minute to figure out what I was looking at with the mm-hmm. cover, but it is like a a woman's face that's sort of partially hidden by very long braids. Um and it it definitely is one that sort of makes you want to pick up the book mm-hmm. and and read about what is happening. So Yeah. Definitely nice crawling. 19 wow i yes and that's when it's being published which means she would have been writing it when she was like 16 17 so my second to last title is counterfeit by kirsten chen out june 7th it's hustlers meets big little lies in the heist of the summer propulsive and captivating so We're going to meet Ava. She is the rule-abiding lawyer who's ticked all of life's boxes. She's married to a successful surgeon and has just taken an indefinite career break to raise her adorable toddler. She's got a picture-perfect life. So now we can meet Winnie, who is Ava's old college roommate. Once awkward, quiet, and apparently academically challenged, she left Stanford in a shroud of scandal. But now she is charismatic, wealthy, and has returned to town, dripping in designer accessories. An actual perfect life. When the two women bump into one another at a local coffee shop, it seems like fate has intervened. Winnie's newfound success is courtesy of a shady business, and she needs a favor. Ava's realizing she's not built for the stay-at-home life, but when she starts that one favor, it turns into two, then three, and soon Ava is in far deeper than she ever imagined. Now Ava has to make the ultimate decision, cut and run or risk it all. So this is just a delicious page turning heist novel we've got praise from kevin kwan who wrote crazy rich asians praise from celeste ning author of little fires everywhere and then of course a lot of love from harper's bazaar and l as well so that is counterfeit by Kristen chen out june 7th i definitely have this on my list i was gonna put it on and then i saw you had it so i was like so i'm with you joe i'm with you i'm glad i'm not alone in this one you're not you're not (laughs) So my last one is Ghost Lovers by Lisa Tadeo. It's a short story collection. Lisa was on the podcast a couple of years ago about her nonfiction book, Three Women, which was just one of the most incredible nonfiction books I've ever read. Um, and so I'm very excited for her short story collection. Behind anonymous screens, an army of cool and beautiful girls manage the dating service Ghost Lover, a forwarding system for text messages that promises to spare you the anguish of trying to stay composed while communicating with your crush. In a star-studded political fundraiser in a Los Angeles mansion, a trio of women compete to win the heart 
of the slick guest of honor. In a tense hospital waiting room, an inseparable pair of hard partying friends crash into life's responsibilities, but the magic of their glory days comes alive again at the moment they least expect it. In these nine riveting stories, which include two Pushcart Prize winners and a finalist for the National Magazine Award, Lisa Tadeo brings to life the fever of obsession, the blindness of love, and the mania of grief. Those all sound so good. I'm glad so you good. have this one on here because a little bit out of my norm, but I am very excited about this book as well. So I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. Yes, and is out June 14th. My chance to say I love all those words you just said, and I also love a short story collection. I... You know, sometimes reading a book is just hard. It requires yes. a lot of attention that I don't always have to give it, but a short mm-hmm. story collection. I just have to get through basically a chapter. <laughs> right. You pick it up. You don't have to like, you know, like sometimes a book, like if you go a long time without reading it, you pick it back up. And I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. I don't remember any of these characters. Right. What, like, do I, I don't have, I'm not going to start the book over again. Like that's not mm-hmm. happening. So <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not happening. So. And because I am me, I am going to mention, I did just, this is the first time I'm looking at the U.S. cover of this book because I first saw this, I first saw the U.K. cover and I just, this is so fascinating to me how publishers decide what covers to do because this cover has like what I think is like candy Yes, on the cover um, for the U.S. edition and the U.K. edition, it's like a, why can't I speak? It's like a It's like an an oyster. oyster. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives a very different vibe yes yes on both I'm very intrigued I mean I was intrigued before but um I'm kind of even more intrigued now with the different marketing approaches I am always just super stunned by what publishers choose to go with because I even think of um like my interview this week with a quick am easy their jacket cover in the U.S. and their jacket cover in the U.K. have very similar energies but also are entirely different where the U S is a lot more direct compared to like the UK being very stripped down flat. I don't know. There's, it's like a dimensional thing. And, and I feel like the, the UK has a lot of similar vibes that way. So super fascinated by what, what has brought this about. Yeah. For real. So that's (laughs) first lover. Yay. Well, my last book, uh, talk about covers. Um, please feel free to look this one up, is Cult Classic by Sloane Crossley, out June 7th. And this is just kind of, a, it's a suspenseful tale. It is a tale of love, memory, morality, and mind control. And it also takes a dive into the philosophy of romance. It's been listed as a most anticipated book of 2022 by Glamour, W, Nylon, Fortune, Lit Hub, The Millions, and more. One night in New York City's Chinatown, a woman is at a work reunion dinner with former colleagues when she excuses herself to buy a pack of cigarettes. On her way back, she runs into a former boyfriend, and then another, and another. Nothing is quite what it seems as the city becomes awash with the ghosts of heartbreak's past. What would normally pass for coincidence becomes something far stronger as the recently engaged Lola must contend not only with the viability of her current relationship, but with the fact that both her best friend and former boss, a magazine editor turned mystical guru, might have an unhealthy investment in the outcome. 
Memories of the past swirl and converge in ways both comic and eerie as Lola is forced to decide if she will surrender herself to the conspiring of one very contemporary cult. Is it possible to have a happy ending in an age when the past is ever at your fingertips and sanity is for sale? I guess we'll have to uh, find out. Uh, But that is Cult Classic by Sloan Crossley. I can't wait for this book to come out. It sounds so good. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to us in yet another silly, goofy mood as we go through our books that we are looking forward to in June. Um, If you are interested, you know where to find them. Of course, uh, anywhere you get your books, but especially in that library reading app, Libby, that we love so much. Remember, follow us on social, leave us a review, comment, do all the good things. I've already said this at the top, but I'll say it once again, please. If you want to talk to us, our inbox is open, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. If you would like to see one of our returning episodes, like Would We Survive? Let us know what you would want to see us survive. Uh, Or if you want us to do a retrospective of a series you love, like we're currently doing with Twilight, you know, the floor is yours. All you have to do is send a little email. Thank you all for joining us today. Jill, Emma, thank you for sharing your picks with us. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Jill. Thank you. Ah, and happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.